Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you happen to be watching the show. This is What's Up With Power, and my name is Justin Wagner, and I'll be your host today. <coughs> if you have to excuse my uh, deep voice today, I'm not normally this manly, I just have a cold. So I guess you could say I've got the man cold, but uh, anyways, bear with me today, we'll have a great time. Uh, got a great episode, we're going to be talking about normalized power. I'm sure you've heard of it seen it, probably just maybe don't understand what it's there for. So um, that's what we're going to hopefully nail down for you today is, okay, good. Well, let me switch to getting the slides up on the screen. So today we're going to be talking about uh, going beyond average power. Uh, we're talking about, this comes out of chapter seven of training and racing with the power meter. So if you don't have that book, I highly suggest that you um, go ahead and get it. It's uh, not expensive and it's got a, it's a great go-to resource for understanding and training with power. So definitely something I recommend. So uh, we've been touting this a few times recently, but we have a new forum. If you wanna join in on the conversation, uh, more so than just here in the live feed, we've got a forum at discuss.endurancelab.fit. might ask, well, why would I go join that forum? Well, we provide sneak peeks at the slides. We have further discussions about the content afterwards. More questions come up. We have our coaches come in and answer them. And uh, <laughs> as well as when other opportunities arise, information related on the topic, we go ahead and share it in the forum. So if you haven't already joined that, head on over to discuss.endurancelab.fit, sign up, and uh, join the conversation. We'd love to have you there. All right, so let's move to what today's topic is. Today's topic is on normalized power. Okay, We're good. this is going to be our little example we're going to talk through to understand what the difference is between average power and normalized power, okay? And, and why normalized power exists. So here we have two workouts. Here on the top row, we've got a workout where the average power ends up being 100 watts. Down below, we have a workout where the average power ends up being 100 watts. However, they're quite different workouts. Um, in this scenario, we're just gonna say the athlete's FTP is 200 watts. And so in the top case, they held half of their FTP, or 100 watts, for one hour. Quite easy, it's not, uh, it's not gonna tax anyone right there. But the second workout, they sat on their behind for 30 minutes, did absolutely nothing, just let the computer record. And then the second half, they did a 30-minute effort at FTP, which by all means is a substantial effort. Now, if we just looked at the average power of these two rides, we would say, look at this, they both come out to be 100 watts. I guess we could modify the second one and say, well, instead of just sitting on their behinds, maybe they did some really, really low wattage, 10, 20 watts, something other than zero. But the point is, Average power is going to come out to be basically the same as the first case, but we all know that that's not the same workout. So 
how do we differentiate? Why does it? What's the what's the difference here? So, um, this is where normalized power is going to come into play to help us differentiate. Give us a number to help understand the difference there. So, <coughs> excuse me. These two workouts, the same average power, but we know they're completely different. How they tax the body and what they, what physiological systems they call upon, and the stress incurred. So how are we going to quantify this difference? <coughs> excuse me. And so this concept of normalized power is the is the building block that's used once you start moving into um, trying to do <coughs> peaking, periodization, um, those kind of concepts are all built off of normalized power. So trying to train to peak at the perfect moment in time, built off of normalized power. So what does normalized power do? Okay, so it's going to account from a high level. Normalized power accounts for the variability in your power in a given ride. So we'll see that slide again, but just think of it now, okay? Those two examples we showed, one was very constant, one was pretty variable. The normalized power is taking that variability into account and giving us credit for it. Okay, the next term we wanna, we're gonna cover, intensity factor. This is gonna express normalized power uh, in relation to your FTP. And then lastly, we're gonna talk about Training and stress score, so that quantifies the overall load from a given ride, and that builds off of normalized power and intensity factor as well as how long the ride was. So a couple things we're going to drill down into today. So, <clears throat> excuse me. <coughs> Man, hopefully that settles down a little bit. So the normalized power algorithm incorporates two key pieces of information, okay? This is straight out of the book. Not my words, I'm not this part. Physiological responses to rapid changes in exercise intensity are not instantaneous, but follow a predictable time course. Well, as many critical physiological responses are curvilinearly rather than linearly related to exercise intensity. What does the latter one mean? Well, it means that going 2x your FTP really probably feels more like 4x the amount of intensity on your body. And going half your FTP is more like a quarter of the intensity of what you would do for if you were holding um, FTP. So it, it basically becomes a um, <clears throat> square relationship. Not necessarily, or even more than a square, but the point is, is not a linear relationship, you know, wattage, relation to your FTP and how much it taxes the body, not a linear relationship. All right, so here we go for all you software nerds out there. Actually, give me one second to do here, easy on the hill. All right, so Let's say I was a nerd and I wanted to calculate normalized power myself. What would I do? All right. First, you would take your string of power numbers for a given ride and you would calculate what the rolling 30 second average is, okay? Over the whole new string of numbers, it would be your 30 second average. Obviously, the first 30 seconds wouldn't have any info, but from there on out, 
would be an average of the last 30 seconds. Take those values, you raise them to the fourth power, you take the average of all those numbers in step two, and then you take the fourth root. So for anyone who's not a software or math nerd and doesn't really want to do this calculation, you can ignore this slide, but I thought it was worthwhile having this information. This is the formula straight out of the book. How do we calculate it? So that's how you get to normalized power. You can feel free to come back, refer to this algorithm, put it in to Excel, prove it yourselves. That's it, that's what's used. So for those of you who are like, yeah, I heard fourth root and fourth power, and I went to my dark place because math sucks. Okay, here's the explanation for you guys. So what does water normalized power mean? It's the wattage you would have averaged on a given ride had you pedaled smoothly for the entire effort. Or in other words, it's the power your body thought was doing, though in reality the effort was very sporadic and on-off, okay? So it's an estimate of the power you could have maintained at the same cost on your body if you had remained perfectly constant throughout the entirety of the ride. Okay, let that soak in a little bit. Just uh, also want to remind you that as we go through this, if questions do arise, let them fly in the comments. Uh, happy to <coughs> um, uh, happy to provide that uh, info for you. Uh, sorry, you just got distracted. Some. So if you have questions, let them fly in the comments. We'll answer them at the end of the stream. Um, but you can let them fly now. Keep an eye on them, and we may address them as as this teaching section goes, if it is uh, relevant at the time. So, okay, so we talked about normalized power. Next, let's talk about variability index, okay? So, you take normalized power, you divide it by average power, and that gives you something called variability index, okay? So here, let's look back at our two rides. So, above, we have a variability index of 1.0, 1.00, and down below we see our variability index is 1.68. Okay, so that means, as you would expect, it was more variable power than above. Higher number for variability index should mean more variable power. And yes, we do vary. We only vary once, but we do vary here. Um, above, it's just constant. So average power and normalized power in the top scenario are the same. Down below, we see, okay, um, normalized power in this case actually comes out to 168 watts, variability index of 1.68. So here we go. We can start to see how normalized power in these scenarios comes up with a much different answer and something that's going to quantify our differences, okay? That's the point here, normalized power. Okay, next step, intensity factor. Okay, so don't get confused with variability index and intensity factor. Variability index, remember, talks about how much the ride went up and down. It's always gonna be a number greater than one, okay? It's impossible to have a number under one 
for variability index. Now intensity factor tells you how hard a ride was with relation to your, um, tells you basically where the normalized power sits with relation to your FTP, okay? So you just take your normalized power number you come up with, you divide it by your FTP and this is gonna give you a number. So you can see that a lot of rides uh, are gonna actually have an intensity factor of less than one, whereas um, variability index can always be over one. This doesn't mean that you can't have an intensity factor of over one, that's not true, but uh, generally speaking, your intensity factor for most rides is going to be under one unless they're fairly short, very intense. All right, so let's put that back on the chart. Where does intensity factor sit? So in this case, our normalized power was 100, our FTP is 200. We had an intensity factor of 0.50, or some might also call that 50%. Uh, the lower case, we had <clears throat> normalized power of 168, divide that by our FTP of 200, we get 0.84 or 84%, okay? See here, intensity factor is under one, whereas variability index is over one, like I was mentioning. Okay, so here's, a, here's an interesting nugget. You can use intensity factor as a back of the napkin analysis to kind of see if you've had a massive, if you've had a big change in fitness. So let's say you're going out and you're doing a ride or an effort that's about an hour long, okay? You come back, you plug in your stuff to whatever the app is you're using to calculate your numbers, lots out there, okay? And it comes back and says, hey, your intensity factor for this ride, we'll say it was an hour or more, comes out to be, oh, over 1.05, okay? This should be a good indication to you that your FTP has increased and that you should be reevaluating what your current FTP is. It doesn't mean absolutely, um, but it definitely means you're getting on the cusp of uh, needing an FTP upgrade. So easy here. I don't want people to go bonkers on the climb. So that's gonna that's kind of a good Quick thing, if you're doing about an hour ride, if you come out with an intensity factor over 1.05, either you don't have your FTP set correctly in the software, or maybe you just need to retest your FTP because you are now above that level, okay? I guess conversely stated, let's say you go out and absolutely drain yourself for an hour, full on, full out, everything, all cards on the table, Completely exhausted at the end of an hour, and your intensity comes back, intensity factor comes back at like 0 0.8, 0 0.9, something under one. That probably means your FTP is set too high. And you might be um, killing yourself unnecessarily or not getting the intended benefit of your workouts if your FTP is set high. Okay? Another thing to keep an eye on. All right, next topic is training stress score.
Training and stress score builds off of intensity factor and duration to count for how much stress you can incur on your body. Think of it this way. If I do 20-minute TT at 200 watts, it's going to take less strain on my body than if I do a 60-minute TT at 200 watts, right? So duration is going to add to the amount of stress your body's incurring. What is the formula here? TSS is duration multiplied by your intensity factor squared. So in this case, if you were to have time in seconds, you'd have to divide by 36. And that's going to normalize you to come out to, if you did one hour, what this calculation comes out to is if you did an hour at your FTP, you should get 100, okay? So again, we talked about if, if your intensity factor was over 1.05 for an hour-long effort, but maybe your FTP is set too low. Conversely, if you're, F, if you're getting TSS numbers of like, let's say, 120 or 110 for just a 60-minute effort, then you probably have your FTP set too low, okay? Just, this doesn't, this is not an absolute, but these are kind of things that, let's say a coach were to go look at your numbers, those are going to be red flags they're going to see immediately and say, we might need to address where this person's FTP is at. Maybe they're not getting the right per intended prescribed workouts if it's off drastically, okay? I mean, if it's off by five watts, that's probably not going to be that's not going to cause a big shift in the structured workouts you do. But if it's off by 20, that could cause a big change in the quality of workouts you're getting. Okay. So again, we're going to come back to this example. Top effort of half of our FTP for 60 minutes only got us 25 TSS. Okay, now if we look in the bottom example, this got us 50 TSS. That's what the calculation comes out to in this instance. See, obviously, twice as much stress in essentially half the amount of time. Okay, that's where the squaring comes into play. Not just linear with intensity, but it's actually a square relationship. Hence why you get twice as much in half the time. So that's a factor of four. Okay. So this is kind of cool. If you are playing with and building workouts in the Zwift workout editor, and you see a little thing called stress points down at the bottom where the red arrow is pointing, this is the TSS calculation. So as you play with workout, it'll update this stress points for you automatically and tell you where this workout's gonna sit, how much TSS is going to put on the body, okay? Not more than just the Zwift workout editor will do this. Any workout editor worth its beans have this feature. I have not evaluated all of them, nor am I going to. But that's a fundamental feature that needs to be in a workout editor. Okay. All right, so we've moved on to... The Q&A session, I know we've covered a lot of very specific 
technical details today. A lot of times we don't get questions that come up, but questions don't have to be around technical content. I know it might be a lot to grasp. You may need to review it at your own pace afterwards and kind of sit down and think through the numbers to really get a feel for it, and that's fine. We'll have recordings available. <laughs> but any questions you have, power, training, cycling, you name it, you can let them fly. We will discuss them, bring them up. We've got about 10 minutes left for answering these kind of questions. I also want to remind you about the forum. Okay, so discuss.endurancelab.fit. If you are watching this replay later, you have questions, you want them answered, best place to do that is going to be on the forum. Okay, and, uh, and you'll get uh, our experts will come in there to answer them. And no, I'm not referring to myself as the experts. I think there's other people that can answer a lot of stuff way better than I can. Um, and also, you can send us an email. Forum's a little bit too daunting for you. You just want to shoot an email. WUWP at TMODZ.com. Okay, and that'll feed into our system. We've got a question here on the live feed from Mr. Toledo Torpedo, Adam Toledo, that is. My TSS in Zwift versus what is in Training Peaks never matches. How can I be like you? Okay, well, <laughs> so why, why don't they match? Okay, well, uh, there could be a couple reasons why your TSS doesn't match between Zwift Training Peaks. First of all, we want to make sure that it's the same exact recording in both systems, okay? Give me one second to tell everybody we're easy here. All right, so if you, for example, were recording on, say, a Garmin or a Wahoo or a, whatever, your, whatever your head unit is, if you're recording that at the same time as Zwift, and let's say one was going to training peaks, yet the other was, so if Zwift is not going to training peaks, it's not the same recorded file, that could be an easy way for them to be different because you may have slightly longer duration or slope lower, depending on when you um, stop them. Okay. Uh, answer number two, you need to make sure that your FTP is set in both places at the same value. So make sure it's set in the workout editor in Zwift or in your profile. Make sure FTP is set there as well as make sure it's set correctly in training peaks or today's plan or wattsboard.com or golden cheetah or insert training software here, Strava. Um, they all keep track of your FTP. Strava doesn't display TSS um, this way. It uses its own calculation that is, I believe, useless. Um, that's my point of view, not necessarily fact. But you can get plugins that will actually uh, display your TSS right on the Strava page called uh, Strava Sauce. I'm sure there may be others. That's a free one on the Chrome plugin store. Okay, so make sure your FTP is set the same. And um, lastly, there can also be a difference in whether or not 
the zeros in your power data are used in the calculation or not. And some software will give you the ability to change that. Some won't. And I don't remember the specifics between the two. If your TSS is like one off between the two systems, I wouldn't worry. If your TSS is constantly 10 or more different between the two systems, you've got an issue. That's most likely going to be, um, well, it could be lots of things, but look at those things first, right? You want the same file on both systems, you want the same FTP set, you want to make sure that they're both calculating it the same with regard to zeros being included or not. You've got all three of those things nailed down, they should give you a number that's either spot on the same, they could differ by one because of rounding, um, but uh, it should generally be, if, if it's off by two, don't send me an email and say it's off by two. It's probably acceptable as well. But uh, those are the things I would look into. And uh, I can answer the question. Uh, let's see. Um, great question. How do you get stuff to Training Peaks? Yes. Um, so... Uh, so he's kind of asking between what do you send to Training Peaks if you happen to double record. So most people don't double record. That's completely fine. <laughs> if you're, so, and there are cases where some people maybe want a continuous workout file. They don't want Zwift to chop it up all the time. So they'll record on their Garmin or their head unit. Doesn't have to be Garmin. Send that to Training Peaks. Um, lots of options there, but. Point is be consistent. It should generally match up. First of all, just to double check that the systems are correct, make sure to just test with the same file on both systems, Adam, and it will uh, should give you same answer. If it doesn't, then we've got a setup problem. Once you've nailed it down to getting the same answer for the same workout file, then you can just choose whether you want the Zwift uploaded files or your head unit recorded files. Whichever one you prefer to be in training peaks for a long time, uh, then that should nail that question down. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. Um, okay. Any other questions? Happy to answer them again. If you're watching the replay. Want to? Let some questions fly. Forum, discuss.endurancelab.fit. Go there, check it out. Sign up. Post those uh, YouTube videos there, and you can discuss the episode right away. You can also um, ask other questions that may not be related to an um, episode. Just let them fly in the forum, and we'll answer them. But uh, with that... I'm going to relieve you of listening to my groggy and cold <laughs> and uh, sick voice and say thank you for watching. Hope you've enjoyed the content. I've enjoyed bringing it for you. It's our way of just giving back to the community and helping you take your training to the next level by learning the basics of power-based training. That's what we're here for. We hope you enjoy the show. Share it with a friend. I know a lot of people are getting into training, their winter training, and a lot 
a lot more power focus in the wintertime as we, a lot of us Northern Hemisphere folks aren't able to ride outside the weather. So a lot of good information here. Share with a friend, tag him in the comments. Let him know about this. Good stuff. Appreciate it if you do. And um, with that, I will keep writing the event. Last week, I, the last time we ended early, I just completely spaced and just jumped out of the group ride at the same time I dropped the live stream. That was a bad on me. But uh, keep writing here. We'll bring down the live stream and say thank you again for coming and hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.